Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. As you know, I love hair jokes. And the more people laugh, the more I keep telling them. But I have corny jokes. Y'all know that about me. Some of my jokes are just corny. I walked in somewhere the other day and said, man, it's so hot out there. Like, it is so hot. And I said, man, the sun burnt my hair off. I had more hair than you this morning. And they're all, ha, ha, ha. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to just keep telling them. Corny jokes. So no, I haven't had hair in a while. So the title of this series is Inside Out. It's about inner healing. And today, the subtitle is Clearing the air, and that's through forgiveness. I believe everybody in this house <laughs> is just like a test. You've either been hurt, or you're, you're being healed of a hurt right now, or you're going to have to go through some hurt in the future. Now, many times, I believe we can slow down the hurt process or short, shorten it by forgiving immediately. By forgiving immediately. Now, look, Life hands, hands us all kinds of stuff. Disappointments, trials, man, betrayals. Some of you have been betrayed. Maybe, I don't know, I feel this in my spirit. I feel like some of you feel like you've been betrayed even within the last few weeks. I don't know anything about that. That's between you and God. But I believe this is an important message for you. Inside out, clearing the air. When we find forgiveness, we give forgiveness, we're able to clear the air. All kinds of things have hurt us in life. Maybe it started at home as a kid. Maybe you have an old memory of something with your parents or an aunt or an uncle. Or I, I'm going to tell you right now, abuse hurts us. Disappointment hurts us. Betrayal hurts us. Man, sometimes we've been hurt on the job. Sometimes we've been blindsided by things and issues, things that we weren't expecting in life. How many of you have said, it wasn't supposed to be this way? You were like, it's not this way in the movies, or they didn't have it this way. Why am I going through this? Why? Why? It shouldn't be this way. I know that when we lost mom last May, May of 2018, I didn't question God a lot. I just, I just knew that there's some things in life we don't understand, but I have questioned before. I've said, why? And maybe some of you right now are going, why? Well, why? You may never know the answer to that. But I know that you can be healed, and that's so important. Because if you don't get healed, guess what? You're difficult to deal with. You ever been around someone who just seemed impossible? I don't think there's anybody in here like that. I really don't. But I, you ever been around someone, you, you're like, man, they are impossible. I did it right, and they found somehow that they're just, they're just ready to kick my tail. They're mad at me. I thought, I'd, I'd ex I, thought I, I asked their forgiveness right. I thought I apologized right. And they found fault in me, or they're angry with me again, or they, it just didn't work out, or man, they just seem impossible. Many times they're your hurt people, they're your bitter people. You ever had someone who gets into a room and just stirs up everybody, and not in a good way? They just stir everybody up? They're hurt, and they have not been able to forgive yet, and they're stuck there. They need to clear the air. Let's go to point one today, if you would, please. Let's go to point one. And that is, this is real basic. This is basic stuff. But I believe it's so important for you to be healed. And that's ask God to search your heart. I don't know exactly what's in your heart. Sometimes we can, we can take a stab at it, right? We can take a guess when someone is causing turmoil in a room or on the job or in a family. You're like, I don't know what's in there, but there's some hurt going on. 
Well, you need to ask God to search your heart today. I see some of you writing this down. This is great. Take, take notes and take mental notes. And listen, listen carefully. And this is going to be posted up on kingsgatehobs.com and also on our podcast. But listen closely. Ask God to search your heart. Let's go to Psalm 139.23. Look at this verse. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. One thing I love about being in a good marriage, one thing I love about being married to my wife, I mentioned this briefly on Wednesday, was my wife knows things about me nobody else does, and she still loves me, but at the same time, she just knows me. You ever known somebody like that or been known that way? Sometimes she goes, What's wrong? And I'm like, Nothing, I don't think. And she's like, Are you sure? I'm like, I'm not very introspective. I'm like, yeah, I think there is something bothering me. I hadn't even thought about it. I am bothered. And she noticed. Well, I use that as an example because we, we love each other. And we love being around each other and spending time. And we know each other very well. But if we know each other like that, imagine how the God of the universe, the one who created you, knows you. Knows what's wrong with you. Knows how you should function. The creator of the universe knows that you need him to search your heart. You need him to heal you. You need him to help you. And Jesus spoke about healing and forgiveness he really did he spoke about forgiveness a lot because he knew it was so important the god of the universe knows exactly how you are designed and how you are to function at peak performance anybody ever had had sugar or water in their gas tank that's bad i've heard stories of bad breakups or fatal attractions and people putting sugar in a gas tank or water or i don't know kool-aid well, as far as I know, your engine runs on either gas, gasoline, or diesel. There was a man of God years ago, and he said, man, I couldn't figure it out. He was a mechanic as well, part-time. And he said, I couldn't get this vehicle to start. I couldn't get this vehicle to start. I didn't know how to get it to start. Everything seemed right. Everything seemed okay. But there was something malfunctioning with it. It just, it would, it just wouldn't start right. It wouldn't get going. And he said, so finally I, I, took, I sampled some of the gas out of the engine. And he said, I got it on a board. He said, I said, Lord, help me. Well, I guess diesel does not evaporate like gas. I don't know. Does, does any, can anybody vouch for that? Is that true? Okay, thank you. I'm not a mechanic. And I just remember this story from years ago. The guy goes, you know what? I'd ask God to help me figure out this vehicle. And all truth is parallel. Look at this. God knows about vehicles, but he knows about you. He knows how we should function. He knows what we need to be inputting. He knows what we need to be getting rid of. He knows we need to be forgiving. And this, this gentleman, he's a man of God, he said, man, I got some of the fuel from the tank of that car that I could not get to start, and I got it on a board outside, and it was out in the sun, and it was not evaporating. And I went, oh, somebody put diesel in a gasoline engine. Somebody put diesel, yeah, we know, it, those of us that aren't even mechanics are like, that's problematic. That's problematic. So somebody put diesel in a gasoline engine and it wasn't, it, it's not going to run that way. It's just not. You may want it to, but it's not. You may say, you know what, I don't have to forgive them, I don't have to clear the air, I don't have to be healed of hurts, I'm going to function fine. I promise you're going to be way off your peak performance. I promise. I promise that if you don't get that dealt with, I promise that if you don't let God deal your heart and speak to your heart and minister to you, and part of that is listening to others that go, hey man, everything's not okay. 
everything's not okay with you. And you got to listen when God says everything's not okay, and you're like, but I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm okay, I'm going to keep going. And, and, and my brother and I were talking about this, I believe, years ago, about a famous man who I guess he struggled with depression and different stuff, but he was notorious for outrunning his problems. And that's fine to a point. You can outrun some things, but how many of you know you can move from state to state, and what's in your heart, it's going to follow you. I've seen people that were restless in life, just restless. Man, I'm going to move. I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to go. I'm going to do I'm going I'm going over there. I'm going I'm leaving. I'm Oh, but you can't get away from yourself. You can't get away from yourself. It's like the man in the mirror. It's like shadow boxing, right? It's you against you. If you move this way, your shadow moves that way. If you move this way, your shadow moves that way. You block your shadow blocks. It's doing everything you do because it's it's a part of you. It's a reflection of you or a shadow of you. And in the same way, you've got to ask God to search your heart because he knows best. And you can't outrun it. I don't know who that's for this morning, but you can't just keep running. Some people get so busy and stay so busy. You know what I've noticed this? I've noticed that those who have known God and they understand some things about God, many times they're the ones and they're the worst this way to get so busy and get so bogged down in life and details and all kinds of other stuff that they don't have time to hear God or listen to anybody. They are a moving target. And I think believers are notorious for that, especially if they get hurt or they just don't want to hear it. And I'm sure folks in the world can be that way too, but believers, people who have known Jesus and been taught and they know the Word and they've read their Bibles, sometimes they're the worst moving targets because they don't want God to search their heart. Let's go to Psalm 147.3. Look at this. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Why wouldn't you want God in your heart? Why wouldn't you want God in your business? Why wouldn't you want God searching your heart? Ask Him to search your heart. You need that. I need that. It's best for you and it's best for the people around you. It really is. Have mercy on yourself, but have mercy on the people around you too. If you're being difficult or you're hard to deal with or because you're so hurt, you're hurting people. Did you know hurt people hurt others? You ever, you ever dealt with, now we are not animals, this is just an example, okay? But you ever seen an animal who's wounded, even a good animal? They'll cut you, man. They'll hurt you. I remember years ago, mom had a cat named Baby. Dad's already making a funny expression. Dad's, dad has a dog that mom left him, but he's not even necessarily a dog person, he's just a Cooper person. That is, that is his little dog. Looks like the dog has a little goatee, he's a Shih Tzu. But I remember years ago, mom had a cat named, that she called Baby, it was a calico. And she loved that cat, well she got it fixed. The little girl cat got her fixed, and man, that, that's a tough surgery for, for female animals. That's a tough surgery, the way they're built. She was fixed, and I remember she was so upset and so in pain, she was hissing, Looked like her nails were out, and that was the sweetest cat you ever met. Like that cat would actually, look, look how sweet this cat was. I remember one time me and mom were in the, in the living room or the den, and the cat would go to mom and lick her and rub against her and show her love and get down on the floor and then get up with me and show me love and then get on the floor and go up to my mom and show her. It was a rare cat. Not all cats are that way. Very sweet cat. So a usually, a normally sweet kitty cat went through a tough surgery, and I'll never forget. She was in a little bed, and we'd had her outside or something, and mom said, 
she, she talked to dad and said, we've got to bring her inside. I don't remember the whole story, but I remember we were all kind of scared to pick her up, but dad had all the guts. We were scared to carry her little, little basket with her in it because she just had surgery. She was hissing, and dad said, I'll get her, I'll get her. So he got her in the basket fearlessly and took her to where she needed to be. I don't know if it was inside or outside. I don't remember the details. But I remember that sweet, sweet animal was hurt. And until she healed, she wasn't going to act or behave normally. You can be the sweetest person in the world, man, but if you're hurt, it's going to affect you. It's going to affect you. So ask God to search your heart like Psalm 139.23 says. Ask God to search your heart. Point two today. I believe sin can come as a result of hurt. Or I believe sin, holding on to sin, can cause more and more and more hurt. So you want to confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. Confess your sin to God and others. I mean, you don't have to confess all your sins to everybody, but sometimes you need to ask people for forgiveness. Let's go to Psalm 51, verse 1. You start with God, though. I'm going to read through this, Psalm 51, 1. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. I don't even know if I'm going to get through all of this today. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. David wrote this psalm after he messed up big time. Because of your great, what? Compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. You ever been there? Against you and you alone have I sinned. He's talking to God. Got to go to God first. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. He's talking to God. And your judgment against me is just. But look what he says. I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Look at the humility there. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. How many of you know when you haven't confessed your sin, when you're hurt, it's hard to have, walk in joy? David's saying, give me back my joy again, the joy of my salvation. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. I've been through some stuff. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit, or a, one translation says, a right spirit within me. Man, you've got to go to God humbly, and confess your sin, and ask forgiveness. But you know what? I want to challenge you with something. Many times we stay in a place of hurt because we haven't forgiven ourselves. Sometimes we blame ourselves for no reason. We take all the blame. And other times, maybe we were part of the problem, but we need to forgive ourselves. You need to forgive yourself this morning. That's a large part of you coming clean and being healed and whole inside and out. And it's how you clear the air. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, really. You say, man, that sounds simple, yeah. But we've all had to forgive ourselves at some point. Let's go to number three now. Forgive others. You don't have to raise your hands today, but man, how many of us have been hurt numerous times in life? Disappointed. Your heart was broken. You were betrayed. You were left behind somehow. Maybe you say, man, you know what? I, I feel rejected. I feel hurt. Man, this really tore me up. This really, really hurt me. But you need to forgive folks. You need to just decide and forgive folks. Just decide and forgive. It's an act of your will. Now, I want a show of hands on this one because I want to put my hand up first, okay? Just so you're not embarrassed because this is the truth. So help me God, all right? 
my hand is up in the air. How many of you have ever been in a position where you needed to forgive someone and you said, I would rather not. God needs to just deal with him. I don't, I, he needs to just deal with him. I'm not gonna, I don't want to forgive him. Yeah, if you're honest, you say, yeah. We've all been, no matter how good you are, you were wounded. No matter how decent you are and kind and, and, and you have good will toward people, you don't just have ill will. You don't have just guile in your heart. You're not an awful person. And man, above all, you're a believer. But you've been in that place. You say, man, God, deal with them. And I, I just don't want to forgive them, man. I don't want to forgive them. I've used this example before, and I, I use it when I talk about forgiveness. It's one of my, it's one of my things. But Dad told me the story years ago in another service, but it, part of this ministry. Years ago, there was a woman. She was sick, and she was on her deathbed, and she was dying. And it came to Dad's attention. I don't know all the details. But she had unforgiveness towards someone. I guess she had loaned somebody $1,000, and they didn't pay her back. And I believe, Dad, you went to go see her, didn't you? Was it you that went to see her on her deathbed and said, you need to forgive? And this lady said, I will not forgive. That's between her and God. But I'm going to tell you something right now, and it may be stout for some of your hearts. But is hell worth $1,000? Missing out on heaven, 1000 bucks, whatever that amount was. I remember 1000 Can you imagine going, man, I cursed them out. I am not going to forgive them on their deathbed. It's really odd when someone on their deathbed is like that, because usually... What we've seen, even the hardest of criminals, man, on their deathbed, they're like, I need Jesus. I should have listened to church, Brother Matt. Pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I feel the fire right now. My goodness. I need God to save me, man. I'm, I'm going to confess everything. Lord, forgive me. I don't want to die like this. But this lady was hard-hearted. Who knows what happened in her life? I don't know. That's, that's for God to judge, not me. I have no idea why she was hard-hearted like that. But how can you sit through sermons? How can you read through the Word of God? And how can you ask God for His forgiveness and decide, I'm not going to forgive somebody else? See, that's the catch right there. If you're going to get God's forgiveness, and receive it by faith, you need to give forgiveness. Some people have an imbalanced equation there. They say, I want to be healed. I don't want to hurt anymore. I want to be cleansed and healed and purified from the inside out. I'm going to get forgiveness from God. Hey, but you need to forgive. No, I'm not ready for that. I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to do it. You don't know what they did. Man, do you know what I did? Everything I've ever done was against God. Any mistake I ever made was against God. I don't know about you. Any mistake I ever made, every sin I've ever committed was personal to God. So you can forgive. I guarantee it. If I can forgive, you can forgive. If Jesus can forgive while he's on the cross, you can forgive. Let's go to Colossians 3.13. Colossians 3.13. I love this verse. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. It's so simple, isn't it? But I guarantee you've got to forgive just about every day. I remember being a kid. You've heard this part of my testimony too. I remember being a kid and I hadn't been through everything that I've been through up to this point. But I remember going, man, why did, Jesus, why did Jesus talk about forgiveness so much? It mattered. He knew how our engine should run. He knew that a gasoline engine can't run on diesel. He knows that a human engine, a human life, cannot run on hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. He knew you can only run on forgiveness if you're going to run healthy and strong and clean and pure 
He knew. He knew. Let's go to the beginning of this verse again, if you don't mind. Make allowance for each other's faults. Man, sometimes we're really hard on people for doing the same stuff we did. I've done that before. Like, man, I don't know why they're doing this. And I feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to me going, you were a kid once, weren't you? Or you were a baby Christian once, weren't you? Or didn't you, didn't you like overcome this? Because God doesn't remind you of your sins. I don't believe the Holy Spirit does that according to Scripture. He will remember them no more. But I do believe God goes, hey, didn't you overcome? Hey, didn't I love and forgive you? Hey, didn't they love and forgive you? Uh, yeah, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Choose and forgive. Remember, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Hmm, that's powerful. That is powerful. Somebody say, I will forgive. Somebody say, I choose. I choose to forgive. Say it again. Say, I choose to forgive. Say, God forgave me, so I forgive others. Say it again. Say, I choose to forgive. Say it one more time. Say, I choose to forgive. I lied. I'm sorry. We're in church. I know. Say it one more time. Say, I choose to forgive. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. One scripture says, I'm not going to take you there. We'll just refer to it. If you don't forgive others, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you. That's the basics. Let's go to point four today. Ask God to help you walk in truth. I think this is so important as part of your healing. Because when you walk in truth, you believe truth about God. You believe truth about yourself and who God says you are. and You believe truth about others. You don't ever want to be in a position where you're believing lies about yourself or God or others. Ever. Somebody say ever. No, you don't want to be there. Ask God to help you walk in truth. Because when you walk in truth, you see things clearly. You don't blame people. You don't make excuses. You obviously don't walk in lies or dishonesty. Only God can help you walk in truth. Let's go to John 8.32. John 8.32. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know or you had doubts or you were blaming somebody or you were worried or, man, you felt like your world was crashing and everything was falling down, the sky was falling, right? But then you found out the truth about the situation, about that matter, and it changed everything. You ever been there? You're like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. I've had that before. Or you were mistaken. You thought somebody was out to get you and you just didn't know their motives and you didn't have the full picture. And then you get the truth and you go, oh, ooh, Lord, forgive me. I was ready to hang them up. I was going to string them up. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I didn't know. Or you were worried about something. You're like, man, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that done. This is just an example. We say, man, I don't know if, if I'm going to be able to do that. How are we going to do that? How are we? Oh, man. And then you get to the moment of truth, and then someone goes, oh, I already took care of that for you. It was easy. It's already done. You did? That's one of my favorites. That is one of my favorites. Like, it's done. It's taken care of. It's okay. It's all right. In the same way, some of the stuff we worry about, all the stuff we worry about, really, God's already taken care of it. 
You need to feel a sense of relief because God is on your side. He's in your corner. God is for you. He is with you. And he lives in you now once you've accepted Jesus. So ask God to help you walk in truth. Truth is everything. I remember when we were kids, if it came on the news, we thought, man, that's true. Y'all remember those days? Some of y'all are old enough to remember that. You're like, it's on the news. They're going to report it fair and accurately. You say, man, they're a liberal or a conservative. No, back in the day, folks felt a duty for journalistic integrity. And they would report facts and truth. Now, there's a spin on things. No matter which channel you look at, there's a spin on things. Either blatant lies or they've shaded the truth. And they've mixed some colors to kind of make it more of a gray. And you're like, ah, what really happened? And you go to different news sources and they're saying almost contradictory things because somebody is lying, dear family. Somebody's lying. Somebody wiser than me one time said, you know what? If you tell the truth, if you tell the truth every time, it's easy to remember what you said last. I know some of you are smart and have good memories, but man, that would stress me out. Say, wait, what did I tell them? I got I to gotta navigate this big lie. I got to keep going because, I mean, what did I tell them? I, I remember, this is a funny example here. The dude I went to school with, and he was telling some of our buddies some stuff, and I had another friend tell me, man, you can catch him in so many lies. He goes, check this out. Well, this guy was telling us, we were in ninth grade, and he said, he had told me I'm playing tennis at the high school. I don't know how that works, if it's JV or varsity or what, tennis at the high school. Maybe some of y'all know. But I do know this, is the guy was playing tennis, but he had told me that he was paying to play, and he told another friend, he said, they pay me to play. I'll never forget that. And that dude goes, man, bro, you can catch him in so many lies. Like, he's, he's paying to play, but then now they're paying him to play. He goes, does that make sense? I was like, not really. I still remember that conversation. One of those things is a lie. They can't both be the truth. You want to find peace and find your, your souls to be settled in God? Ask God to help you walk in truth. Some of you, oh, this might get a little uncomfortable. This has been uncomfortable for me before. Some of you need to confess your sins to the Lord, but maybe you need to go to someone, maybe, just maybe, and tell them the truth about something that you've been hiding. That's a tough place, I know. I'm not going to dwell on that long, but I feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning. Maybe you need to open up and be honest about something. Say, man, this, is, this has gotten in the way. Yeah, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And all I'm asking you for today is that you be honest with God. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Beautiful song. You want to really clear the air? Let's start off here. Number one. Is there anybody in here that needs to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of their life? Go ahead and raise your hand today. You say, man, I can't clear the air until I'm right with God. Get right with God today. Pray. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. Anybody in this house, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Let's pray together. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Everybody in the house, say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Save me. I believe Jesus is the Lord of all. He is my Savior. And I believe He died 
and rose again for me. I'm saved from myself and from sin and from hell by faith in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for praying that with us. Praise God. Now I want everybody to look at me in this whole house. Look at me. God worked on your heart this morning. I don't know how. I don't know exactly what areas or the whys or when or who. I don't know. I don't know those things. But I know God worked on hearts this morning. I could see the look on some of your faces as God pierced your heart with his word. He has not forgotten what happened to you. You say, man, it was my mistake or it was their mistake. He hasn't forgotten. Not as he's holding it over your head like a sin. No, he hasn't forgotten because you're important to him. So is there anybody in this house who would look at me and say, you know what? I need God. I need God to heal me. He's doing a work in my heart today. He's healing something. I want everybody to stand to their feet right where they are. I'm not going to call you out of your seats today. Stand to your feet. But here's what I do want to see. Is if you say, man, you know what? God spoke to me today. He's healing something. I need him to continue the healing work in my heart. Would you raise your hand today right where you are? God bless you for your honesty. God bless you. He's doing something in your hearts. I know he is. I know he is. That's good. Let's pray together. I'm going to pray for you today. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now I speak healing over everybody in this house. The blood of Jesus is over them, God. And this is a simple prayer. Lord, continue to heal their hearts. Philippians 1.6 says, He that began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He that started something good in you is going to finish it in you, saints of God. That is all of you today, and I believe it. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless them in all that they do. Heal their hearts. Let them be open and honest. Let them receive your forgiveness, God. But let them choose to forgive. Go ahead and receive God's forgiveness today. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him you're sorry. Go ahead and say, God, please forgive me. Go ahead and whisper that to him. Say, God, forgive me for this or for that. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Go ahead, just for a moment. Just for a moment. Say, God, I need healing, and I need healing in that area, but please forgive me, Lord. And on the right, right attached to that, I want you to forgive. If there's anyone who's offended or hurt you, you just receive God's forgiveness, and you know that. Now go ahead and forgive people who have hurt you or offended you. Forgive them now in Jesus' name. Go ahead. Whisper it. Say, I forgive so-and-so, or say, God, I forgive everyone who's ever hurt me. Go ahead. Go ahead. God's going to search your heart. <clears throat> in Jesus' name, right there. You've received forgiveness, now give forgiveness. I want everybody in this house to repeat after me. Say, Lord God, thank you for your forgiveness. By faith, no matter how I feel, I receive your forgiveness. And now I give forgiveness. I am healed, I'm clean, I am pure by the blood of Jesus. And I walk, and I believe, and I live and I recognize and I love truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Go ahead and be seated in God's presence today. Praise God. Let's go ahead and give the Lord a clap offering today, if you would, please. Come on up and join me, baby. Let's see if they're waiting for our signal. They are not waiting for our signal. So prepare yourselves. We're about to have the kiddos come in and come to the altar, and we are going to pray with them this morning. Would, would you grab them for me, Edgar, please? They're asleep out there.
Let's go ahead and bring all the kiddos in. Thank you so much. Barry, would you turn that up? We'll put that song on repeat for this altar call. Come on and line up, kids, and, and face us. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Face us. Face us. All right. This is beautiful. Now, anyone returning to school, regardless of your age, let's start with junior high, high school, college. Go ahead and join us. We want to pray for you. Come on. Come on up and stand behind. So if you're a student first, students only. Students. Junior high, high school, college. Students. Junior high, high school, college. There you go. Come on up. Come on up. And you'll just stand behind the little ones. There you go. All right. Okay. If you are a teacher, faculty, staff, if you work in the school system, if you're with My Power staff or any volunteer programs that work in the school system, Please come up. We want to pray over you as well as you start a new school year. Even if you're just a substitute teacher or in any way involved in the schools. All right. Good. Good. Anybody else in any way involved with the schools? All right. So here's what's going to happen this morning. We're going to pray together. I'm going to pray over you so that you, you're blessed. And you head back to school, everybody, shh, just for a minute, just face me, just for a little bit longer, just a couple minutes. You're going to head back to school blessed this year. We're going to pray for all of you, okay? And then, when we're done praying, we're going to put on the armor of God and get ready for this school year, because I promise you're going to need the armor of God, okay? So let's pray together right now. Put a hand on somebody's sh shoulder, if you would, please. And we're going to pray together right now. Go ahead and stand all over this building. Would you go ahead and stand and raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so? We're going to agree right now. And as a church family, we want all of you to be praying for our children and for all of everybody involved in the school. So it's not just Pastor Matt and Pastor Jen. It's the Kingsgate Church body sending these kids back to school and sending these adults back to school. That's right. And we want them to know that we're with them and we support them. So we're going to cover them with the blood this morning. Go That's ahead. That's right. Let's pray. Let's all agree right now. Everybody, let's pray. Lord God, in Jesus' name, I declare the blessing over these kids and, and teenagers and adults returning back to school. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over all of these students right now in Jesus' name, starting with the kiddos. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, this is going to be the best year of their lives, the best school year of their lives, Father God. In Jesus' name, God, we pray for the blessing right now, and we believe for the blessing. It's on them right now in Jesus' name, Lord God. Give them favor with classmates, with teachers, with friends. Lord God, with principals and those in authority and those that work in the cafeteria and those that work in maintenance, maintenance, God, these kids and these folks have favor this year and we declare the blessing over them. I break every attack of the enemy over them and I thank you because their lives are valuable because you created them and they have worth because they're your children. And Lord God, your hand is upon them and you're giving them wisdom and they're going to learn and they will be like trees 
planted by the rivers of water. In Jesus' name, God, we agree today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, now look at me. I'm going to declare the blessing over you, okay? May the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you and give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. Now, would you look at the screens now? We're going to go and do the armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6, I believe beginning with verse 13. And this is going to be in the New Living Translation. So, we're going to read through this and you're going you're gonna to put it on. Would you help me with this? Thank you. All right. Okay, you guys ready? Everybody ready to put on the armor of God? No, you're not ready. We better get ready. Okay, you're ready you're now. You're ready? Okay, let's do you're this. You're ready now. Are we going to read the verse or just go through the, let's just go through the, the armor. Everybody ready to put on the helmet of salvation? You're going to get dressed for school, okay? This is the most important outfit you'll ever put on. That's right. You ready for this? All right, adults too. Ready? Here we go. Put on the helmet of salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. That's right. Put on your shoes of peace. Mm -hmm. Grab your sword of the spirit and your shield of faith. That's right. You want to do it one more time? One more time. Okay, ready? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes of peace, sword of the spirit, and shield of faith.